All right, we are back. Oh man, this is good. Another episode of the podcast. Here we go. So we are back this week. Um, gosh, it's been, uh, I think we took about a week off since we uh, did a lot of publishing. We just had all sorts of stuff happen here. Me personally, uh, we are uh, expanding our family. So there's been all sorts of doctor visits and all sorts of things, which have been just fantastic. But it is great to be back talking about customer education. So I'm your host, Matt Tidwell, and this week we're talking about something very near and dear to my heart as a small business owner, as an agency founder, uh, and most importantly, as a customer education person. The idea of, does the strategy that you have actually guarantee the results that you're hoping uh, to achieve? Like, is there a way that we could guarantee that customer education will deliver on all the promises of customer education? Customer education is a growing force in modern businesses who are focused on increasing the lifetime value of customers while decreasing the cost associated with customer support, onboarding, and product adoption. As the role of customer education evolves into hybrid marketing or sales or customer success teams, our team here at Think Through is studying what's working in customer education. We're looking at the new tools and technologies being released and we're assembling insights from our own projects, our clients, or other market leaders who are changing the way brands deliver education experiences customers love. Hi, I'm Matt Tidwell. I'm the host of Customer Academy Playbook and the founder of Think Through, an agency helping companies outteach their competition and build training customers love. I invite you to join me on this journey each episode to see what's working in customer education, hear from market leaders on strategy and approaches, and connect with other professionals who are experimenting and exploring what it means to build training customers love. Uh, one of the ideas that I've been talking about with folks, uh, especially as Q1 is, gosh, it's hard to believe Q1 is uh, coming to an end here in just a few weeks. And so... Um, the beginning of the year is always that planning, the gearing up, the all the great ideas, all the things that you know everybody wants to achieve, all kick off in Q1. And so uh, the teams that I've been talking to, you know, everybody's gearing up for a soft launch or a beta release, or they're, you know, they just got everything finalized budget-wise, and now they're diving into the build process, and so they're like planning that soft launch. Um, some teams are actually, you know, they. They were trying to figure out if they were going to get approval toward the end of the year. Now they finally have, you know, authorization. So now they're starting to look for solution providers. But really, I guess regardless of where you're in that journey, uh, the idea of does the strategy that you have actually guarantee the results that you're hoping uh, to achieve? Like, is there a way that we could guarantee that customer education will deliver on all the promises of customer education? And that idea of guaranteeing success is something that I think a lot about because, you know, as a, as a small business owner, you know, finding not only how we position our services, you know, as a team, but figuring out how we like really over deliver, how we deliver on the promise uh, to our clients is paramount. And I know for the folks that we are working with, it, it takes a lot to get that executive buy-in. It takes, it's a pretty big leap to to jump out there and get the investment, to get the platforms, to get the systems, to get the the personnel, to work with a consultant or an agency like us, all things like it takes, it takes a lot. And you kind of have this strategy and this plan, but it's like, at some point you have to say like, you know, we're going to test this and it's an experiment, but are there any guarantees that this works? 
and this isn't unique to our industry. There's all sorts of consulting and expert industry things where it's like, you know, it's really hard to essentially guarantee, but I would rather talk today about, is it possible to guarantee success from a customer education strategy? And if it is possible, how do you do it? (laughs) And so that is the focus of today's conversation is, can we guarantee success and what's the best way, if any, uh, to guarantee success when it comes to deploying our customer education program? If we look at the promises of customer education, like maybe let's just start there. If we look at the promises of customer education, generally everybody in this space is pitching, you know, essentially one of three pitches. You're speeding up the time to get people to value in your product. You know, you're accelerating the the onboarding time. So people get better faster. You are, the other big pitch in the industry is you are decreasing or probably deflecting support volume with self-help and resources, um, trainings, tutorials, learning paths. So, you know, there's fewer support tickets, fewer questions coming into those resources um, that folks could solve on their own. And instead, those support and success resources really get to be a lot more strategic, um, which we've talked a little bit about as far as like, you know, hybrid services is customer education becoming professional services and and really having strong customer education gives you that flexibility and freedom to start to position people in that way, I think, uh, rather than traditional support roles. But the third thing is obviously it's a longer term, like a long tail measurement, um, which is, you know, reducing churn. I think reducing churn is kind of the third big pitch. So you're either speeding up time to value or you're deflecting support or you are reducing churn, right? That's the big three, I think. But when I was prepping for this and just thinking about the topics, we've been sharing things on LinkedIn and getting feedback from folks. There's those three things are really product focused, right? They're focused on us, the business. Like we want to do these things and achieve these things with customer education which is, which is valid, right? But whenever folks are saying, can we guarantee success? The one thing that's leaving out those three things is the value to the customer. Those are saying we want to achieve these metrics, internal KPIs, but we don't have any external customer KPIs associated with that. Right. Other than like, if we measured like, you know, time to feature usage or something like that, like have product analytics or something. Right. But we're missing that one ingredient, which is like the value to the customer. And uh, in, in a conversation on a call this week, I was talking about this and they said, um, so, well, of course the customer is going to, you know, they're going to be able to use the product faster. They're going to be able to, you know, run their own reports and then they can set up their own team and then, you know, they'll be able to train their own people. And I, I said, well, yeah, they can do all those things. And those things are actually valuable to us, right? They're, they're valuable because our product is getting more adoption inside the organization. But the customer, I mean, they want to do a really good job. They want to find answers quicker. They want to, you know, excel, right? Like nobody wants to not excel in the workplace. But that's probably not the most important thing. And so I'm going to argue or at least propose in this episode today that the single most important thing that we could do as customer education professionals to guarantee success in customer education is aligning our programs, aligning our training, aligning our curriculum, aligning our paths to our customers' personal advancement and career. If we can find a way 
for us to essentially marry the success with the product with our learner and our client's success as a human. If we can marry those two things up, we have a recipe that is really, really, really hard to beat. And I think that's what the biggest differentiation is between those academies and those curriculums that really excel in the marketplace and become, you know, essentially household names for their industry, right? They're the ones that started out of thin air and then now are listed as required credentials, required certifications uh, on job applications. They're the ones that you see people sharing on LinkedIn with the certificates and the posts and the badges. They're the ones that are, you know, on Credly and getting the micro credentials and stuff. And anybody essentially can start at a blank page and turn their program into something like that. That can really be um, valuable in the industry and really, really create some credibility in the industry. Not to discount instructional design or anything like that. More than the outlines, more than the structure of the programs and things like that. Before we actually get into the mechanics of building the program, the intent of building the program has to be around how do we align our product success with our customer's career advancement. And if we can do that, we've unlocked something that's really, really special that I think very few departments get to unlock inside of larger organizations. Very few departments actually get to do this. And I think customer education we have a superpower where we can actually do this and it makes us successful. It makes our department successful. It makes our product successful and our customers win. So we're at this really unique position where we can create wins for everybody, which is really, really fun. And so let's talk a little bit about aligning our curriculum, aligning our programs to career advancement, right? And so again, this is the unlock that I think many SaaS or many expert firms have realized is, you know, we can get people successful in our product. We can get them successful in our tool. We can have them, you know, deploy their own instances of stuff. We can have them do these really complicated things, but it's not just about our product's features, right? And it's not just about the skills or the prerequisites that the customer needs in order to maximize the value of our product. It's really about if they are better with our product and if they do maximize the value of the product, and their company does see the benefits that our product promises, what does that do for that person's career, right? How do they advance? How do they get promoted? How do they do those things, right? And I think that this question, this question, this argument here is maybe something that's made think through a little bit unique in that, you know, that is the single factor that we we try to bring into the mix and the, and the focus that we bring into the mix as we start planning curriculum and as we start designing things and going in the studio or producing in the office or all the things that we do to create the content, right? Challenging just kind of the, the notion that if we build it, they will come. If it's about our product, people love our product so much, of course, they're going to take our training. All those sorts of things that, you know, are just misconceptions, right? You know, if we incorporate that value and if we incorporate that alignment to their career advancement with our training and programs, you see much, much higher completion rates, right? And not only completion rates, but you see the engagement online, you see the sharing, you see kind of the network effects of I've participated, you all should too. There's no real reason why anyone would recommend a program if they're not getting something out of it, right? And so we have to build those mechanisms for that engagement and for that reach and for those network effects. And that means we have to be singularly focused on what do they get out of it? Because we're going to design it in a way where, of course, our business, of course, our product wins. But we've got to make sure there's an equal win on the customer side. So 
Uh, I was just looking at data too, for what it's worth, depending on where you go online, you'll find every number under the sun, but there's generally a range. If you, if you look at completion rates and not saying completion rates are the, the best metric, but that's one that everybody uses essentially as a proxy for like, was this a successful program? Um, if you look at completion rates, you know, depending on the platform side of the blog you read, uh, that's between 5 and, and 15% is considered kind of the industry standard for on-demand training, which is quite low, right? Like that's that's pretty low. If we look at our client data and just kind of across the LMS systems, we run, you know, a monthly and an annual report and things like that. And we look at our completion rates, our satisfaction rates. Um, we were noticing here at Think Through that ours are 70% or higher uh, for our on-demand programs that we create with clients. You know, we were just talking internally as a team and then I was on a call and I was like, you know, this has to be an alignment, you know, an alignment and a value exchange more than it has to be creative. Of course, we produce awesome things. I really am proud of the work that we do, of course. But there are teams out there that also do great work. You know, there are amazing in-house creatives, amazing folks that are producing that content. And, you know, they're spending all the energy and time that we're spending, you know, and what's the difference? And at the end of the day, I don't think it has as much to do about the creative as it has to do about the intent. And then if the intent is right, the, the creative, of course, matters. But if you have amazing creative positioning correctly or with the wrong intent, it's still not as successful. So uh, I like to use this example. I was talking to one of our project managers, right? And she is uh, she's going in to get her project management professional certification. She's been through all sorts of training, just never been certified and she's now prepping for that exam. And, you know, if you think about it, what is the incentive for her to actually go through the official PMP program and process? You know, it's not that she loves Excel or ClickUp or Microsoft Teams or Asana or any of those things. I mean, she could and she does, but that's not why she's doing it, right? Like, just to be honest, like being excellent at a particular tool allows her to deliver projects on time have excellent communication with clients on time, you know, be able to wrangle creatives in the office and remotely, especially since we're all remote, like be able to wrangle all of us together and, and really help kind of lead a project and a team. But at the end of the day, you know, you have to be really practical. Why, why are they doing that? Why is she doing that? It's, you know, it's financial incentive, it's promotion, it's, you know, emotional support or reinforcement of like, you know, self and purpose and, you know, quality of work. It's the ability to showcase expertise to everyone else. Like, here's what I'm achieving, right? And not in not in a, you know, like a bragging sort of way or anything, but it's just a very humble, like, here's what I've achieved. I've put in my work and sharing those, you know, those accomplishments, right? And so that's that's not unique. We all want advancement. We all want the opportunities that come with learning new skills, new tools, and, and new ways of, of, of being and working, right? So... You know, you kind of have this decision, right? If, if you're just going to teach product, okay, that's one thing. And if you're going to teach skills, that's something else. But regardless of, you know, which mix you're in, without tying either of those initiatives to a learner's career advancement, we're essentially just positioning them to be like super hobbyist, awesome users <laughs> on our tools and our platforms, right? Like they're... They might get paid to watch eight hours of video and like take knowledge checks and do a skill lab and do all the things like they might get paid to do that. But if that doesn't actually help them get anywhere, they're really they're doing it because they love the 
they love the act of learning. They love the act of, you know, getting a little bit better each day at something, right? But if it doesn't actually relate to their advancement, how likely are they to recommend it? How likely are they to share it? How likely are they to post about it? How likely are they to spend thousands of dollars to get to cert, right? So there's all those sort of motivating factors. And so I think there are people who love to learn for learning's sake. Um, I'm probably one of them. But I think there are those. But that doesn't drive program success or the strategy at a large level. And so, I don't know, just thinking about this uh, this concept of alignment to our client's career advancement, is it was kind of a, I don't know if it's a novel idea or not, but I, I've noticed that there's a parallel, right? Like organizations that deliver training and education to customers thrive. Whether that lives in marketing or whether that lives in success or that lives as a, a combination of those things or with product, like organizations that deliver customer education thrive. You know, they're relevant with customers. They have more feedback loops. They can stay closer to the market, all sorts of things, right? There's all sorts of benefits. But I think if we build a customer education program that's intrinsically one-sided, it just helps us land and expand at a product level or at a service level, we will miss real opportunity to lead the market. And so I think in order for us to do that, we have to create, you know, win-win opportunities with our clients. And that is through creating meaningful training experiences, meaningful customer education experiences that not only allow them to skill up, that not only get them, you know, faster, easier, quicker things with our product, all that stuff. But it really has to be about we are partnering with our clients as they learn to help them advance their career and position them that way. And I think this this is difficult, right? This is not easy at all. Like, you know, it's hard enough to get a program off the ground and then have it be product-based. Then to expand to those parallel tracks, which are like, we're going to teach skills that are not our product, but trust us, like pay us to do the skill track and do those things. And then you get into like micro-credentials and all these other things. And, you know, it's complicated. But at the end of the day, we have to set some tenants in the ground and say like our strategy has to be based on our customer's advancement. And if we can do that, our program can sustain and can weather storms and all those things. Because if we run all of our curriculum through that lens, through that goal, does it meet this checkbox? Does it meet this criteria? We're going to make things that are useful, actionable, and we'll be, you know, engaged with, right? I don't think it has to be super complicated, but just thinking about this topic today, right? you know, audit your training program, ask yourself, you know, like look at the curriculum and while it may be very technical and while it may be a really robust curriculum, maybe two questions is all that's needed. The first question is, am I helping customers get to value with our product as a result of this? You know, like do they get value faster because we've built this curriculum? And then the second lens is how does this advance my customer's career? If they spend the hour with me, if they spend the two hours with me, if they do the one-day seminar, the one-day workshop, if they do the week-long certification program, whatever those things are, how does that actually advance their career? Do we give them the skills that they need, and can we justify that? And can we start to then expand the awareness of the skills that we develop through our program? And if we can, we can really start to gain some market share on the education side. And if we run our curriculum through those lenses, we'll produce less fluff and overhead, learning overhead, and we'll actually drive more results. We'll get more results with fewer mental calories, which would be amazing. And so I think that is one way 
not the way, but that is one way that you can guarantee your program success is, you know, begin with the end in mind. You'll hear that all the time, but we have to have an end state where it's not just our product team wins. It's not just our programs or have lots of enrollments and those sorts of things. It's anyone who enrolls in our program is better positioned to advance as a person in the world, in the career, in the industry, in the role that they've chosen as a result of not only the value that our product brings, but the skills that we enabled them with. And so I think that is the magic for success. All right. I hope you found this episode interesting. Uh, please like, subscribe, share all the things. Uh, you can find us here on YouTube if you're watching me. Uh, and then if you're listening at home or on the road or on the workout or on the treadmill or wherever you're at, uh, I really, really appreciate your time and attention. I hope there's value here. Please share it with someone else that could benefit from it. Again, my name is Matt Tidwell, and I'll see you on the next episode. Take care.